I thought y'all might like that one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, y'all like, generally like the bluegrass uh, songs there. And, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just thought I uh, wanted to be sufficient. That way, uh, I just feel like it, uh, uh, for no more what's here, then that'd be good enough. And if you don't like it, then take all complaints to Brandy. I don't know. If you turn your Bibles, uh, I have a slide up there, uh, if uh, Mr. Phil will be so kind, uh, for those online who may not um, have a Bible readily available, but uh, I'm going to read Hebrews 13, uh, 7 and 8, so if you have a Bible's handy, it says, um, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. All righty. As me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's yeah, there light now. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> so, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer if we may. Dear Father, Lord, to give us come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you uh, for those who uh, came in attendance this evening and uh, praise you for those who are able to watch online uh, as well. And uh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. And Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, you'll guide us tonight in your word, uh, help your word to go out, to edify, to equip. Uh, let it uh, be used to help with spiritual growth and most importantly, let it glorify you. Thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, well, uh, to recap uh, quickly, uh, of course, um, Sunday night we were looking at primarily Hebrews 13, 1 through 6. And, uh, you know, of course, one thing we were looking at is brotherly love and showing hospitality to others, to other people. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's not always easy to do to show brotherly love. Sometimes, you know, as I was talking about, it's easy to be uh, kind of clannish, kind of closed off, and uh, we need to show that kindness to others. Of course, we also discussed a little bit about uh, uh, visiting those in prison, which we uh, this church is uh, very active in doing, uh, but at the same time, it's also discussing relating to those um, Christians in particular who are imprisoned for the faith and relating to those and trying to reach out to them as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, being, uh, uh, talking about marriage and talking about being uh, pure and honorable in your marriage. And that's one thing that we, um, uh, in this day and age of immorality and particularly sexual immorality, uh, is becoming more of a rare, rare occurrence is to see marriages to actually last uh, and to, um, uh, to, to keep that um, uh, commitment to one another. And uh, it's so sad to see, you know, I, I've never understood these, uh, these, these couples that uh, claim they have an open marriage. I just, that's just, you know, a mockery. Uh, of uh, marital vows, and I just uh, I've never understood that. You know, if you don't want to be married to one another, then just divorce and go on. You know, and um, uh, so you know, I ain't saying that me and Brandy's got a perfect marriage, but we we have our fights and have our arguments, but we try to you know get along and do good. I'm, like I said, I'm always the first to apologize and give her a hug, and huh. <laughs> Yes, you are very hot-headed, Brandy, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Y'all better watch that line. It's going to start striking here in a minute. So, no, I'm the one that's usually very hot-headed. I'm usually the one that 
that the mouth runs quicker than the brain. And many times it has come out and I'm thinking, oh goodness, please let me have thought that and not said it. And then when I start seeing the arm swinging, I realize it did come out verbally and there's no way to bring it back in. So <laughs> and I've always noticed, I don't know about you guys, but um, uh, I can get over it pretty quick. I can say, I'm sorry. And you know, I think it's over with. But she don't seem to let it go as quickly. No, I'll tell you her trick. I'll, I'll tell you something. Here's a trick that she does. And I don't know about you other ladies or, or do this or you men can relate. Here's how she tricks me, all right? She says, I'm sorry. Let's hug it out. It's over with. Let's just go on. Stupid me every time. Okay, I'm sorry too. So I think it, that's done. We apologized. You know, like when I was at school, I had a argument with somebody, shake hands, it's done, it's over with. I think it's done. Well, as soon as I say, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm going to give her a hug, I think it's done. Well, I just don't see why you kept my butt. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You said it was done. We're, we're sorry, it's over with. And then she just starts in on me again. Well, you just need to just calm down. You just need to do that. I'm thinking, me? What are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> see, that's how she tricks me. She brings it in, tags like it's all good, and then... Boom, she lays down the thunder again. And I'm like, yeah. And so I'm struggling like a trying to get away from her. She's just mean. Any other guys, y'all do that happen to you all at all? Okay. <laughs> so, trickery. Ladies use trickery. <laughs> so, sucker us men in there say, oh, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, heaven help you get in the next argument. Well, I remember the other day when you said that. Man, man. There's no winning, is there? There's just no winning at all. You know, there's times I've tried to keep my mouth shut. You know, maybe she's made something I didn't like. And I thought, I'll just eat it and I'll say nothing. Is it good? Is it good? It's fine. It's fine. I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. It's good. I'm good. I'm good. It's good. I'm eating it, see? I can tell you don't like it. I can tell why you're using your mouth. You don't like it. It's good. Well, I can't help I make a face, but you think. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to eat it. I'm not complaining. I'm very grateful. I'm saying thank you for making it. Thank you. Is it good? Is it good? You don't like it. You don't, and on and on until I finally say, you know what? I don't like it. It's, well, see, if I cook again. And it's, you know, there could have been no argument. I was... Uh-oh. Hello? I'll tell you what, in a fair fight, I just about put my money on Brandy to whoop your backside. Oh, I guarantee it. She fights mean and dirty. I guarantee she would. And I want you to remember, I've told you all your life, all women are sisters under the skin. And they, 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 they all have the same emotional thing, and they never forget anything. And like I told you, your mom... We'll think we're done with an argument, and she'll bring up something that I don't even know that I did. But in fact, it gets me sidetracked so that she can weigh in on me. There's no winning. There's like not. Yeah. Best thing to do is drive off. There you go. Amen, brother. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's why he has so many motorcycles. One no start, he's got another backup to take off. <laughs> 
But you know, I, I don't get that. You know, you try, you're being nice, and I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's like the other day she made something I didn't like. I told Matt, I said, I just want to eat it. Don't send it to your mom. Daddy, you're, you make a face. I'm like, how do I make a face? I said, it's my face. She said, you can. You can just tell. I said, well, whatever. I don't know what to do. Huh? Oh, Matt Sharon said, we got it. It was good. All right. So anyway, let's move on. I'm being a little silly here. But um, anyway, and then we talked about the love of money. And, uh, uh, you know, we had to, you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong uh, with having material things. There's nothing wrong with that uh, in and of itself. But if that's all you're dwelling on, if that's all you're, you're focusing on, then that's when it becomes a problem. If that's being the God of your life, if that's being the, the center of your life, then that's when there's a problem. That's when it goes back to being content in all things. And it's hard to do sometimes. It really is, you know. Uh, you know, when you see other people, and, and uh, uh, it's easy to want to covet. You know, it really is. Uh, and uh, that's something we have to reel it in and praise God for what we have. You know, um, you look at our country as a whole. I mean, I know that there's poverty-stricken areas in our nation, obviously. But, uh, but as a whole, we are the richest nation in the world. There's people around the world who would give anything to have. To, to them, we are really rich you know and wish they could have what we have and uh so i uh, i praise god for our home every day and uh brandy worked my fanny off during the covid and so now it's uh immaculate we're not allowed to even go in one room so <laughs> but uh, so now we come over here to here to verse seven i just wanted to recap uh just real quick hope you didn't mind uh and then uh, uh we come here to um uh, seven and eight here uh, and particularly seven here says, remember your leaders. Now, um, obviously, uh, this is plural, and we're talking about uh, uh, church polity here. But here's something we need to understand, is that uh, uh, we live in a world where new is often equated with as better. And that's not necessarily so. So, not soul, so. <laughs> not necessarily so. And, uh, you know, look at our elderly. You know, uh, our elderly in, in, in this nation are oftentimes looked at with contempt, uh, looked at as, as oxygen robbers, if you will, and uh, are treated very poorly. Uh, you know, and you look at other parts of the country, and, or the world rather, and uh, the elderly are, are held with very high esteem and, and treated very, very well. And it's so sad that we see that. You know, uh, you, you, you start legalizing abortion, which they have, the next step is euthanasia, you know, where the elderly no longer uh, seem to have a place in society, and then they want to uh, uh, execute them, for lack of a better word. And, uh, you know, that's one thing, you know, I, I know Dad, and, and I know he's watching here, he, he um, uh, heaven forbid, he ever got to the age where he couldn't take care of himself. You know, he said, you put me in a nursing home, you, you know, I, I don't want to put that on my kids. But, and this is not to make anybody feel bad, he's had to make that tough decision. Uh, and, and not all nursing homes are the same, but some of the ones that I've, I've been involved with, and, and I know Brady's been involved with, they, uh, they treat them very badly. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact of, uh, that, uh, and they, um, I've seen people crying and hollering for help, and, and, they, and I, I never understood in these nursing homes, uh, it's like they, they, they hire the, the lowest forms of life to work in. Have you ever noticed that? I just, I've never got that. And I told him, I said, I will sell everything I've got to keep you from going into one. Now, you know, uh, like I said, I'll pray that never happens, that he 
I, I pray every day that he lives another 30 years and he's as healthy as a horse and, and that uh, he'll never uh, have to go that route and uh, he'll be like Benjamin Button. He'll just age backwards. So <laughs> I know that would tickle him. But uh, uh, so there is value on the older things. It's kind of made me think of, um, uh, I think it was in that first Avengers uh, where he, they gave him his Captain America, his uh, uh, kind of like a, a replica of his older uniform. And he said, well, I figured the stars and stripes, stars and stripes would be a little old-fashioned. He said, well, that's what we need right now is a little old-fashioned. You know, and that's what we need right now uh, in our churches. It's what we need right now in our nation is a little more old-fashioned, a little more traditional values, uh, more biblical, uh, bibliocentric uh, preaching and teaching of God's word uh, within the churches. Uh, that's a sad thing uh, that there, there are so, so much lacking uh, in uh, Christian leadership uh, among churches. Uh, you know, when you look at um, uh, the shepherding uh, of a leader, you know, that's when you know, we see that Christ is the good shepherd. And uh, you see that, um, you know, a sheep, uh, they, uh, they're so easily led astray and they're, they're often uh, found in weird places. In fact, they said that uh, sheep, there's nothing uncommon for herds of sheep uh, in, a, in a flash flood uh, to drown when, when they could have easily went to land because they had no guidance. And it, that describes uh, us very easily because we, we are all very easily led astray. And we have to be very careful and we have to be very uh, on our guards um, in regards to um, uh, uh, keeping our eyes focused on the good shepherd, if you will. So that's why uh, the, I take my calling um, as a church leader, uh, as, a, as the uh, under-shepherd, if you will, very seriously. Uh, because I don't want to lead anybody astray. I don't want to preach or teach anything uh, that's going to cause anyone to, to go down the wrong path. And I want to be very aware of that. You know, there's always all these new teachings and new things that are coming out uh, constantly. And that uh, uh, can be very uh, contrary to the Word of God. In fact, uh, uh, and Dad, he has uh, wrote uh, several papers and things in regards to a lot of, um, well, like the Rick Warren, uh, the uh, secret sensitive uh, teachings that he was pushing out there. In fact, he's one of the first ones to expose that. And uh, it's, a, it's a shame that a lot of people really... Um, uh, gave him a hard time uh, for what he exposed there, but it was so subtle, uh, a lot of people were allowing it to, uh, to seep right on in and not even say anything, you know, didn't even realize what was going on. Let's, if you can, let's look over here at Acts 17, 16 through 21. Acts uh, 17, 16 through 21. Acts this. 17. 16 through 21. I'm really bad. I did it this morning when I was doing my devotions. I will say, like I said, Acts 17. Well, I'll go to read, and I'm reading the previous chapter. I do that all the time. I don't know why I do that. I think I'm in the right chapter. I'm in the chapter before. I don't know what's the matter with me here lately. I don't know. Dad said I'm no longer a spring chicken since I'm pushing 50. I don't know. What does he know? So, 17, 16 through 21. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he seasoned in the uh, he reasoned seasoned, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, "Who does this babbler wish to say?" Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities. 
because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him up to the Arapagus, Arapagus, I don't say right, saying, may we know that this new teaching is that you are, what's the matter with me tonight? As teaching is that you are presenting. For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, that these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who live there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So that's the point. They, uh, they were uh, trying, they thought they, were, they had come on to something new or different. And uh, so Paul was trying to explain to them uh, those things uh, of God. There's nothing new under the sun. He's trying to explain to them the things of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a quote, and I've got a slide up there as well from John MacArthur uh, that I uh, thought would uh, uh, make for uh, a good quote here. Let's see here. I can, where I can see it. Um, Under the plan of God has ordained for the church, leadership is a position of humble, loving service. Church leadership is ministry, not management. Those whom God designates as leaders are called not to be growing monarchs, but humble slaves. Not slick celebrities, but laboring servants. Those who would lead God's people must above all exemplify, sacrifice, devotion, submission, and loneliness. Jesus himself gave us the pattern when he stooped to wash his disciples' feet, a task that was customarily done by the lowest slaves. And you can see that in John 13. If the Lord of the universe would do that, no church leader has a right to think of himself as a bigwig. That's the problem. You know, we as, uh, as leaders, as pastors, uh, you know, we need to uh, have humility. Uh, so many think too highly of themselves and only want to exalt uh, them uh, uh, in the, within the church. I think, uh, you know, you can name several. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of T.D. Jakes. I'm not a fan of Joel Osteen and some of these other people. They're, they're, uh, they're all about themselves. You know, there was... Um, uh, in, Barclay's commentary talked about uh, a gentleman, a, um, a Catholic uh, minister um, by the name of Leslie Weatherhead. And uh, he was talking about a story about a young boy. Now, Leslie Weatherhead uh, kind of backed that up just a little bit. Uh, this was post-World War II. Now, he'd served as a chaplain uh, in the military, I think in Iraq and some other places. And, uh, uh, and they said that he had a very high-pitched voice when he spoke. But they said that he was a pastor of emotion, that he could really evoke uh, a, a, a real response emotionally. He could uh, preach in a way that would just really touch the heart and bring about uh, tears, if you will, uh, the, in a way to really touch hearts and minds for Jesus. But he was talking about one time uh, the, um, about a boy uh, who a pastor had come and spoke at a school. And he, this boy had fundamentally turned his life around uh, to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and was really uh, trying to serve the Lord uh, and uh, even looking maybe even to the pastorate or something. And someone asked him, well, who was the name uh, of that pastor that really touched your life? And he said, I don't even remember the name of the pastor, and, and, uh, but I remember what he, what, how he showed me Jesus. And that's it. You know, as pastors, that is something we have to do is to show that leadership, to show others, point them to Jesus. Uh, sometimes it's not so much in what we say, but sometimes in how we act and react uh, to certain situations. You know, all of us as Christians, people are watching. People are, are, are you know, if you've heard the, the, the old saying before, sometimes you're the only Bible some people will ever read. But, uh, you know, how you react and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and to certain situations and, and 
to the world around us and sometimes can speak volumes. And so we don't need to worry about, particularly of us who are leaders, I don't need to worry so much uh, about uh, self as if it were, are we serving Jesus Christ? That's the thing. Are we getting the word out? Uh, you know, and, and I'll admit, um, when I first started my Facebook ministry, I was too worried about um, uh, getting something to go viral. And that's all I was concentrating on. That's all I was worried about. And uh, uh, the Lord just had a real way of, of humbling me uh, and, uh, and really uh, made me realize, hey, it's not about uh, something going viral. Uh, it's not about, you know, so that's one thing I always pray every day. Lord, help me uh, not to be uh, selfish, but to be selfless. That's what I want to be. I don't, don't want anything out of, out of vain glory. I, I want to be humble before the Lord, and I just want to get his word out. You know, yes, I would love to reach uh, millions of people. Yes, I would love to be able to reach, uh, you know, be like the next Billy Graham. You know, that, that would be a great thing. But the main thing of it is, is the content, is what I'm doing truly touching hearts and minds for Christ Jesus. Technically, in a way, this church really is reaching millions of people. The reason why I say that is that one page that I have, my Fighting for Traditional, Fighting for Traditional American Values page, will reach up to over a million people easily in a week. I have over 50,000 followers on there, and all the sermons, all the devotions, that all goes out on that page. So uh, potentially, we have that ability to reach a vast number of people, but Lord had to really get through to me that, uh, you know, it's not about um, uh, numbers, if you will, but it is to sincerely preaching Jesus Christ. And that's what I have to do, and that's what I want to do. I want to teach. I want to instruct. I want to, to hopefully say something here that would help you in your spiritual journey. Now, I know I get a little silly sometimes, and I, and I know I like to joke and because um, uh, I like to see people laugh. That makes me happy. I like to see other people laugh. And, um, uh, and, and I think that, you know, sharing sometimes, sharing uh, things about me and Brandy, I think uh, helps you all to relate uh, to the point that, hey, you know, yeah, I go through the same thing he's going through, you know, kind of situation. So I apologize if I get a little too silly sometimes, but um, uh, the point is, as church leaders, uh, we need to show nothing but Christ, not to, uh, to, to worry about ourselves uh, so much. Uh, when you look at uh, real church leadership, uh, you look at uh, those who live by faith uh, and those that, um, you know, even in church past, you know, to imitate uh, those in the past, whether it's Old Testament church leaders, whether it's those uh, of the apostles, uh, the disciples, uh, if nothing else, Jesus Christ alone. You know, we can look at... Um, let me see here. It's um, um, uh, trying to think here. First uh, Timothy uh, three. Hold on here. Get over here. First Timothy three, particularly when it talks about that of an elder, and it really ties into uh, um, the uh, uh, what we're talking about in um, verses one through six too. Kind of ties into that as well. Um, let's see. Let me get over here. Make sure. Well, let me. Um, we're going to start with verse 1 and read through verse 7. I think it makes more sense. Uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of the overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? 
He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So, you know, it is, um, uh, that's why the, this, 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 the overseer, uh, the, um, the pastor, that's why it is a high calling. I mean, to meet every single one of these standards, I mean, is, is um, uh, you'd, you'd have to be perfect. You're not perfect, but he sets a standard for us to try to live up to, particularly those of us who are pastors, uh, to do so. Now, um, it amazes me, of course, you know, uh, husband of one wife, you know, as far as I, Brandy knows, I don't have uh, another wife, so I am the husband of one wife. I always used to tease her when I'd go to Indiana I told her, for my graduate studies. I said, I'm going up to see my other family. Well, good, just stay up there then. But I, so, but I went to, I just teased her a little bit about that. But uh, now, technically, and I say that, uh, uh, I know it sounds a little weird, technically I was married before Brandy, uh, my son's mother. The reason why I say technically, uh, foolishly, I knew her for two weeks, got married, and after a month separated. So I don't know if you really consider that any kind of a marriage at all, but, but you know, it's a crazy thing. Uh, the reason why I even bring that up is because a lot of churches would not let me preach because that they had known I'd been married before. Is that not crazy? But if I was a murderer and I come to know Jesus Christ, I could speak behind the pulpit. So apparently, some sins can be forgiven. You can preach, but some can. I don't know uh, how that works exactly, but uh, but I've had I've literally had I had uh, one or two churches in the past, and they said, "Oh well, we can't let you do that." So they asked me. Oh well, but um, anyway, real leaders also need to uh, to die in loyalty. Uh, they need to not only have to show how to live in Christ Jesus, but also how to die, how to uh, uh, to understand how to stand up for the faith and um, uh, to to live as Christ. And you know, even even Jesus, uh, when we talk about uh, uh, he was faithful even unto death. And you know, remember, you know, one thing that we're seeing here. Is uh, you know when we was reading here in, in Hebrews uh, talking about endurance, talking about running the race. Uh, you know uh, this is showing us how to uh, to have that endurance, if you will. Because remember, uh, the Christian journey is not just part time; it's just not halfway. We have to go full on. You know, it's not like oh, I run a mile and I'm tired and I quit. You have to keep on the pace. You have to keep moving forward. You know, that's one thing I, I've said several times. A little poster I've got at the house that Earl gave me, that running is not always to the swift, but to those who keep running. We have to keep on the journey. We have to keep enduring. We have to keep pushing forward. And um, so, and again, we have to uh, have those uh, examples. Well, first of all, let me look at um, one other real quick here. Let me make sure I'm going the right thing here before I tell you. Um, particularly that what I just said here. Um, let's see. John... Yeah, uh, John 13, 1. I mean, you can turn to it if you want to, but you don't have to. But uh, the, the main focal point would be at the end of this verse. Uh, now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. All right? So, um, again, uh, that uh, even though he knew his time has come, he loved the world. He loved them even unto the end. So Jesus Christ completed what he was set out to do, even unto death. And so we must have that completion of our own. 
And again, like I said, we have to remember those leaders of the past, those that we can uh, make that example of uh, the Christian faith, uh, that, that are worthy of, the, of that remembrance, that imitation, uh, who spoke God's word to us. And uh, again, that could be uh, whether it's Old Testament uh, saints, whether it's the uh, disciples, the apostles, um, martyrs uh, of, of times past, uh, who have stood valiantly for God's word? Uh, you know, again, you know, I, I know I've mentioned before, and Dad's mentioned before too, as well. I'm talking about the book, uh, the um, um, uh, voice of the martyrs, and uh, I have that book at the house, and I've read it, and it's unbelievable. Some of the most horrible, torturous things that men and women, men and women, have had to endure for the sake of the gospel. It is uh, it is mind blowing, and how God gave him gave them the encouragement. Uh, to keep pushing forward, uh, to not give up, and to continually to praise God even until the end. And that is incredible. Uh, I couldn't imagine uh, to endure such things. And, they, and they've given such inspiration. Just even, even outside of that of, of, of being tortured for the gospel, you look at Jonathan Edwards, uh, who died in an early age, and one of his uh, uh, last uh, things that he said was, Trust Jesus. And, you know, it's amazing. I think it was. Um, I want to say smallpox, and uh, he's being vaccinated against it, and he actually gave him, accidentally gave him too much, and he got it. And that's why he died, like in his 50s. And that was one of the last things he said to his daughter was, trust Jesus. And um, you know, when I hear stuff like that, and they're talking about a new vaccine with this COVID, I'm thinking, I think I'll wait a while. <laughs> because, you know, be my luck, it give me a little too much of something, and I come out looking like, I don't know, the sloth from the Goonies or something. So what side effects? <laughs> so, you know, hey, you guys. <laughs> Come on here, it's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, I get silly. I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, uh, getting back to what we're talking about here. Uh, and again, we're talking about here, we're seeing about more than one leaders. We're talking about church polity here. Uh, the plurality of leaders, uh, and uh, as, as what we're talking about here, I think there's a reason why uh, we have that plural that is not run by one man, but by um, a group, because we you know, all say God is the head, just as uh, we are the bride of the church, and, and God is the groom. Uh, those who spoke the word of God consider the outcome of the way of life and imitate their faith, uh, and uh, that's exactly what we're talking about here, that imitation of those, you know, just like... Um, uh, you know, just as a, as a child, you know, how I always when I tried to imitate my dad, you know, every time he would eat, I would eat. Everything he would do, I would do, you know. And, uh, and so we need to likewise be imitators of Christ. You know, we can imitate those uh, who have done great things for the gospel, but most importantly, we need to be imitators of Christ, imitators of God. And just as, as Jesus Christ responded uh, to uh, a, a plethora of situations, we need to likewise imitate uh, Jesus Christ. And we need to think about that before we respond, before we do something, before we, you know, how would Christ uh, do this? You know, there's that book uh, by Sheldon where that, um, uh, that uh, in his steps, where that, uh, uh, that whole, what would Jesus do? You know, we got the, all the bracelets and everything coming out, and the whole town decided to do that. I had one professor who really condemned that book, hated it. Uh, that book, because he said how they wouldn't know what Jesus would do because he is he is God. There's no way we would know the mind of Christ, and that is ridiculous. And then I met he just really went off on that, and I was like, I mean, I kind of see his point, but at the same time, you know, I kind of see uh, uh, trying to understand 
and try to do what we, you know, to be that imitators of God. That's how I would look at it. What would Jesus do? Being imitators of Christ. That's how I would view it. But he, uh, I can't remember which professor it even was. Uh, I don't think it was at Grace, but he, uh, buddy, he went, he had a hissy fit over that. So. All right, so now we look here at um, uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we can look here at, at the immutability of God. And of Jesus Christ. You know, and one thing we have to look at here, particularly when we look at uh, the very beginning of this verse, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus uh, is the earthly name, but the Christ, that is, is demonstrating uh, that he is uh, the anointed, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, he was the Messiah. So it's very important uh, that this is in here, that it's not only recognizing Jesus as the man, but Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah. All right? So we see that immutability of God, that God is not changing. You know, I had done a little devotional here not too long ago in regards to the immutability of God and the fact that uh, in, a, in a chronological sense uh, that, um, uh, that God, uh, there's a chronological order, uh, that there is um, uh, the, the, the um, um, point in time uh, before something happens and point in time after something happens, that, that it has to change. But see, God is outside of time. God is uh, eternal. God does not change because God is perfect. And, and so in order for uh, you to, to change your mind, if you will, uh, would it mean that you discover something new. But see, God is omniscient. He's omnipresent. And so there, there, is, there is nothing new for God to learn. And, and that, so let's look at some verses here just very quickly. Uh, I just want to look at two uh, passages I think that uh, are very important. Well, maybe we'll do three. <laughs> but it's, uh, let's look at Malachi 3.6. If you don't know where Malachi is at, uh, you can go to the book of Matthew and back up. Uh, just a few pages. So Malachi, and I just passed right by it. <laughs> so let me get over here. Malachi chapter 3. Make sure I told you right. 6. Malachi 3, 6. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. Wait. Read Matthew. Yeah, but what's the matter with me today? Malachi 3, 6. I tell you, it's so embarrassing when I do that. Uh, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. So we see that there. For I, the Lord, do not change. Now, uh, and, uh, going along with that, uh, let's look at James 1.17. James 1.17. Hopefully I get this one right. <laughs> look at the right page here. Uh, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, or shadow due to change. When you see that shadow, we, we see that uh, uh, in reference to the sun, that it never changes, all right? And that's uh, what that's referring to. And finally, I think it's very important to read here, is Numbers 23, 19, all right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 23. Nineteen. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind, as he has he, as he said, and will he not do it, or he, or has he spoken and will not fulfill it? I tell you what, I have never had such a hard time reading and speaking as I am tonight. I don't know what in the world is going on with me. I am very struggling majorly. Tried to read tonight. I don't know what's the matter with me. I, 
I wanted to quit using that picture Bible when I study. It's the only thing I know of. So I got the little pop-ups, you know. Uh, so, but anyway. So, uh, but, you know, we, um, uh, we see this here, that, that Jesus never, you know, that, that, that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. That Jesus Christ doesn't change. Society will change. Uh, time will change. That God is always the same. You know, you can look at a few things here, particularly uh, with geography and with time. Uh, you know, when you look at geography in particular, bear with me here a little bit as to where I'm going with this. Um, geography, when we look at geography, uh, if you look at uh, Abraham and Sarah, and uh, you see that, uh, you know, God's telling him that he's in control, that everything's good to go. But what does he do? He, say, he, tells, he says that his wife is his sister, which basically is saying she is single. Well, Abimelech, you know, God reveals to him that, hey, you know, this is his wife. You know, he's like, you know, what are you doing? And, uh, and so basically what uh, Abraham's saying is, uh, well, you know, you sent me to this, this forsaken country that I knew was going to be a lot of trouble. So in other words, he didn't really trust God uh, and, uh, and try to take matters into his own hand. Uh, you look at um, uh, Ben-Hadad. And, uh, and uh, when he tried to attack the Israelites, and he, um, uh, of course, the Israelites, I mean, there was just a minority of them, and he, he, they whipped the daylights out of them. He tried to say, well, uh, the, the, he's, they have the God of the mountains, not the God of the valleys, and, uh, or was it the God of the valleys, not the God of the mountains? Anyway, the point is, he was trying to say that, uh, that God only protected them because of where they were at geographically. And then you look at uh, time. And that, um, uh, you know, we see that the Apostle Paul talks about uh, uh, how to handle, uh, or talks to us about the gospel, rather. And so many people want to um, say what, what is ever in the Bible, even what the Apostle Paul is saying, uh, that um, uh, doesn't apply to us today. That that was their time, that is not our time. And that uh, things have changed. And uh, it amazes me, you know, I run across of that a lot. Uh, is that, uh, so I can tell you, I've run across that a lot. <laughs> bigger moon, bigger pizza pie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, 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 I run, anyway, people say this stuff, okay? <laughs> Second, is that, that, that doesn't apply to us today. That, that, that things have changed, things are different. They always want to blame a place. They always want to blame their circumstance. They always want to blame time as to why they can can do what they want to do. And uh, you know, it, it amazes me even when you try to point out things in Scripture. Oh, well, that's your interpretation, man. I hate that. That makes me so mad. So I'm thinking, you know, that's not how it works. Well, that's not how I take it. What you know, that's like saying, you know, I read about George Washington. You know, I just don't think he was really our first president. That's just not how I take it. I want to say, you know, he. Uh, uh, was really, um, in my opinion, he was uh, fighting for the British. <laughs> it's history, man. Look at it. You know, I mean, I said, what's the difference? You know, but uh, people want to blame these things because they don't seem to apply to us today. They think because they think these things have changed. And uh, that's one thing. Society may change. Culture may change. But God has remained the same. He does not change. And that's one thing, you know, going back to what I was talking about, uh, talking about having, you know, talking about Captured America and, and how we need a little more old-fashioned. We need a little more of that uh, uh, old-time religion. I remember that, in, that movie, Sergeant York, uh, that they were singing that old-time religion. In fact, I was trying to find it uh, to, to uh, play that for our, our praise song, and, and you can't hardly find it 
uh, with the lyrics, and then when you do find it, it's, it's sung really weird, and I was like, well, whatever. But um, we need to get back uh, to fundamentals. We need to get back to the gospel. We need to get back to the things of Jesus Christ, because God has not changed. You know, the, you, know you see, in, uh, you know, here we have this upcoming election, and you know, all these, you know, these different politicians, you know, talking about this change or that change, and whatever it may be, but uh, we have to stay true to the gospel. You know, our, our society is imploding in on itself. It is frustrating, it's aggravating. You know, it just makes you just wanna scream your head off with what's going on right now. And we do need uh, good godly leadership now more than ever because of what's going on. That's what they mean Dad's talking about this morning uh, is the lack of spineless pastors out there to truly stand on God's word and tell it like it is. And to call out these things that are contrary to the word of God, these things that are, uh, are, are they're too worried about being politically correct instead of biblically correct. And, um, uh, you know, even though all this will change, God is immutable. He does not change. So I don't care what society says. I don't care what, uh, uh, how it differs from political correctness. If God's word says it, we need to abide by it. And I don't care who locks it. I don't care who gets their feelings hurt. And I don't care who whines the biggest. Uh, they can... Uh, uh, try to filibuster, and they can try to do whatever they want to do, but it doesn't change what God's word says. And see, this is why this is hated. This is why I was trying to tell you before, those on the, 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 the radical progressive left, they think that God's word is evil. Can you imagine that? They think God's word is evil. You talk about hitting an age of, 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 of we're seeing that good is evil and evil is good. We're seeing it, man. Without a doubt, we are seeing it. Christians are the bad guys now. God's word is considered evil now, and they want it gone. They want us gone. We stand in the way of every immoral, evil, debased thing out there. And guys and gals, brothers and sisters, those watching online, guys, I'm telling you, man, it's time to take a stand. It's time to start uh, uh, not uh, uh, kowtowing away and being in fear of what's going on. Right now, we need men and women of, of godly principles and values to stand up now more than ever. We cannot live in fear. We have to be as bold as lions. And it's time that boldness stands out. Now, I don't know about you all, but I've had a belly full of what's going on right now. And it's time we take a stand. And with that stand, y'all need to stand. We're going to close in prayer. <laughs> I was going to hit on verse 9, but I ran out of time. Actually, I had a few more things I was going to hit on. I ran out of time. But Lord, we'll back up and re-hit it again Sunday evening. But uh, let us pray. Uh, therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, help us to be strong. Uh, Lord, uh, there's, as Christians, Lord, help us to show uh, proper leadership uh, among those around us. Help us to show godly values and principles. Uh, Lord Jesus, help us to stand true to the gospel, knowing that you are immutable, that you do not change. And uh, Lord Jesus, help us not to... Um, uh, fall for the traps and snares of false doctrine and, and uh, false prophets and uh, Lord uh, to, to give in to political correctness but to stand true and firm uh, on the gospel. Lord, resume watching or listening this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide and direct us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for coming. Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday.